Hi, everyone, and welcome to Recovering the Pines podcast show. I'm your co-host, Brandon Lee, along with my other co-hosts, Albert Black and Doug Dolan with Recovery in the Pines. Today, episode two, we're talking about faith and spirituality and how that plays such a huge role in anyone's road uh, to getting sober or just in recovery from addiction. Uh, good to see you guys back for this episode. Good to see Thank you. Thank you. Good um, to see you. We, I really want to dig in to, to faith and spirituality Um because I know for me, you know, growing up in organized religion as a devout Catholic and in, in a, 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 you know, a family where I was confirmed and, you know, we went to church every Sunday. I went to catechism every Wednesday and went to Catholic parochial schools as well. So, you know, when I was getting sober, the last thing I wanted to, to do was to turn my will over to God. Mm-hmm. Because to me, um, you know, like we talked in episode one, I grew up with this version of a very fear-based punishing God. And at the time when I was so broken in those early stages of when I knew I needed help, um, but I wasn't ready to turn my my life over to God as I understood him at that time. And so I really want to use this episode to talk about faith and spirituality, which is a huge foundation of recovery in the pines and what that means to you. So uh, Albert, I'll start with you. Uh, what is, you know, what does God mean to you, but what does faith and spirituality mean to you? And why did you decide to make that as kind of the one of the foundational principles of recovery in the pines? Well, that's a great question. It's a hard question, yeah. you know, but for me, when I think about faith, my faith is what guides me. My, you know, I was raised Catholic too, and um, you know, went to mass, and I, I, I believe in God, and so my faith is what guides me. The spirituality is what I do with that faith. So for me, again, I believe in God, and I believe in God of the Bible, but my spiritual walk is how I live that out. So that's you know, they're two, and, and it's a hard question. I don't know if that's a great answer, but for me, when I'm trying, and sometimes they're the same, you know, sometimes faith and spirituality and religion, we kind of use those words. But again, my spirit, I, I believe there's a spirit in me, God in me that guides me, that, that I walk a certain way, that I'm continually transforming. Um, I'm still a long way away. I haven't arrived. So it's a process, but the faith is what anchors me. What do I believe? That's my faith. That's what I I'm anchored to. It's fascinating because they say a lot of times in recovery, right? Just believing in a power that's greater than yourself. Um, you know, Doug, I'll ask you just on, on the on the first question here. What does faith and spirituality mean to you? You know, with someone who did grow up in organized religion. Yeah, I too was uh, raised in a rigorously devout Catholic family. Went to Catholic schools my whole life. Went to a Jesuit all boys college prep high school, and so I felt forced into a religion growing up. Now, I'm not a Catholic basher. There's a lot of things that I appreciate about my Catholic upbringing. And today, I'm very grateful for the way that I was raised. But at that time, I felt like I was shoved into something and I got no say on it. And the funny thing is, is, you know, the word religion comes from the root of what you bind yourself to. And if you really take everybody's inventory, everybody has a religion, We all bind ourselves to things. For some of us, we may bind ourselves to our jobs. We make our jobs our religion. We may make our status our religion. We may make the way we look our religion. So people are really worshipers, even though they say, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual or other things. It's fascinating because you will hear that term. People say, I do it religiously. Yes, I do this religiously. And and that's the root word is what you bind yourself to. So we should all take an inventory of what are we binding ourselves? too, right? Now, spirituality for me has a couple of key components. It can be inclusive in a religion, but it can also be separate from a religion. So those who say, hey, I don't 
identify with a particular religion can still have a spiritual experience. And for me, a couple of key points are, can I be present in the moment? Can I receive things as they are? And am I genuinely connected to the environment and the people around me. So it's having an experience and it's connecting in a very different way than just what we have of our other six senses. The thing about faith is, what am I moving forward in faith towards? So again, when we talked about in the first podcast of, you know, I'm going to step forward in faith that if I follow this path that I'm seeing all these other people in, in the 12-step rooms get well with, I'm going to have faith that that can happen for me too. And so faith towards, for instance, a religion is saying, hey, I live by my own rules. I live by my own structure, and that didn't go well, right? Can I move forward with a different structure, although I may not fully understand it at the time? Can I act my way into a healthier way of living? And it's moving forward in faith because I see results in other ways. Uh, I want to pull up this um, this quote that I've always had. I actually published it in my first book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really spoke to me because of the judgment factor that I think a lot of people fear. It's again, growing up in a world where we view God as very punishing, you know, like you do something, I'm going to punish you. You're going to go to hell. Right. It was very like, actually my, a lot of the priests and my nuns were like, you're going to go to hell. Like they're the ones who spoke that the most. Mm-hmm. And when I first read this, it really spoke to me because, and I can't wait to get your guys's reaction. It says, quote, sometimes the nicest people you meet are covered in tattoos. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the most judgmental people you meet go to church on Sundays. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I'm, by uh, the way, I'm covered in tattoos. If you don't have a limp, I don't trust you. So I don't trust a lot of church people. I, you know, there's a lot of people that go to church every Sunday. I like people that are real and authentic, you know, and that are that put themselves out there and don't have to look good. And that that's us. I mean, the stuff I've done, but I know that I need a savior. I know that I need God. Um, and uh, yeah, church people, religion, I don't like that, you know, and I think the American church today, like if you look at the Bible and you look at church, I don't see the same story. If you just took the Bible and you look at Jesus and what he's about, and then you go to church every Sunday, it's not the same thing. And I think we're missing it and we're blowing it. And I want to do something different. You know, people come to our center. You don't have to be, you know, a, a Christian or a believer or anything like that. I'm just like, are you open to exploring this? It's not mm. for me to force this and wag my finger and, you know, fire and brimstone and tell you you're going to hell. Um, you know, I do believe there are certain things in the Bible that say certain things, yeah. but it's not for me to do that. I don't think Jesus would do that. You know, he's, he's loving. And, uh, how do you, you know, on that, on that topic, how do you convince somebody who is out there? You know, I always say when you're, when you succumb to addiction, right, it, it becomes so overpowering and, and that moment that you hit rock bottom, you're just a broken soul. Like I can speak for myself. Mm-hmm. Like I was spiritually bankrupt. And I think that's, that was the one unique part, at least for me, and I know it's not unique because other people will be able to relate, but I still had a roof over my head. I still had a job. Like I didn't lose those things that got me into treatment. What I look back on is like my soul was so broken. Mm -hmm. Like I was spiritually broken. And so, but I'll be honest, like when I got into recovery about 13 years ago, like if I did go to treatment and I knew it was faith-based because of my own 
understanding of how I was indoctrinated early on in life, like that would be very fearful to me at that broken, at that time of my life to go to a treatment center that is faith-based. So what would be your message to me if you met me 13 years ago? Well, I think when you're in a a, a position of desperation. You know, I didn't have anything else. I didn't, and I don't know that I was looking for religion 11 years ago. I was just broken. Right. I was hurting. It, it was chaos. And so I would have tried anything. I could stand in the corner with my nose against the wall. Yeah. I just needed to start doing something. And I went to AA. You know, I always say that God brought me to AA mm-hmm. and then the 12 steps got me closer to God. So I didn't know what I know today. I was just really, really hurting. And when I'm, you know, we do a lot of interventions and talk to families. If you're hurting, it's like what you're doing's not work, doesn't work. Try this. And it's really, it's really, you know, attraction rather than promotion. Uh, again, I'm not a Boy Scout. I have the story. I've done all the things. I can relate to a lot of people. And I just, you know, I was just willing. I just had a little bit of willingness. I was hurting enough to try this path and it worked. Because there is a difference, you know, mm-hmm. Doug, between what we see in society today as organized religion mm-hmm. versus having faith and spirituality mm-hmm. as a true component as a way to heal yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, something you brought up earlier, the quote that you said mm-hmm. from your book, you know, I trust more, and I'm paraphrasing, yeah. you know, people with tattoos than maybe sometimes people the, nicest, the-, the nicest people you meet are covered in tattoos, and sometimes the most judgmental people you will meet go to church every Sunday. Yeah. You know, when I look at tattoos, I kind of take that in more figurative sense mm-hmm. in that, you know, we all have gone through a 12 step experience, and some of the people are literally like you are showing up with tattoos. And there's that instant stigma and judgment that people make on people, you know, who are have tattoos that you're a criminal, you're a crook, you're a felon, you're this, you're that. Right. And the other kind of tattoo that I look at is us confessing. How have we been tattooed? What are the scars that we're carrying around Mm. that we're willing to bring forward? See, that's part of the beauty of the 12 step experience is that we confess that brokenness. We put it out there. We share those experiences, right? So we've all been tattooed with, in essence, different experiences. It's the people that try to look good and it's about image that I can't, I have a difficult time in maybe necessarily connecting with. I understand where they're coming from because I've been through that experience, but this isn't about looking good, right? Any human being that's just trying to look good is covering something up and they're all tattooed with something somewhere. And so I just appreciate more those that are willing to live authentically who they truly are. Now, when it comes to God, in other 12-step literature, it says, if you're really struggling with the definition of who God is, start with three key criteria, loving, caring, greater than you. And let's just start there. Again, let's not attach a religion to it. Can this entity, again, like you and I talked about, we were raised with quite the opposite, the damning, the condemning, Correct. the send you straight to hell, God. And so that was a very different concept to go in the opposite direction, that he's loving, caring, and greater than me. And the spirituality for me is to then open up those lines of communication and connection on a whole different level because I can't see this being in front of me, but I can have that experience. And so it's for somebody coming to our program, it's kind of like I shared in the first episode, you know, for about three years, I studied Eastern philosophy every day. So I studied things of Buddhism, I Ching, the Tao, 
And although I studied those things, I didn't say I was a Buddhist. And so, but I found immensely useful things from there. So are you willing to go through and open up this book? We're not going to beat you up with it. We are going to read it. We're just going to share our experiences and how do we connect the dots and how it relates to our lives today? Is there wisdom here? And if so, be willing to try that because as Albert said, we tried our own way of living and it turned out horrible. Can you be willing to try something new, but you don't have to necessarily fully commit and say, that's it. I'm going to be this. And so we're just asking people to be open and be willing to try something different than what they did before. What's something you do on a daily basis that kind of keeps you connected both spiritually and faithfully? Um, well, I pray. I pray a lot. Um, I read scripture. I don't read a lot because my brain won't retain it. Yeah. But I just... I, I feel just, you on that. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I don't overwhelm myself, but I just chew on little things every day. Just little sayings that come from the Bible. Proverbs is great. There's 31 of them. So you can read one every day. And they're just really wise instruction. They're not too religious. They're just what you would tell your son or your daughter or your friend, like you should live this way. And so, you know, I focus a lot on that. I don't focus on religion. I don't like organized religion, like I've said, um, although I am a member of a church and I'm proud to be a member of that church and I contribute in that church and want to serve that church. But um, I also... Um, you know, what it really, for me, what, what happened too, is I had men in my life that I wanted what they had mm. and they just, and it was really about the relationship. And I think, you know, if you look at God, if you look at God or Jesus, uh, God of the Bible, you know, he, it was all about relationships. He spent time with people. He, uh, he made a difference. And that's what I really was attracted to. I had some men in my life that just, discipled me, that taught me, that coached me, that mentored me. And I just started moving down that path. How about you? You know, for me, it's some of what Albert said. There is prayer. Meditation's a huge part of it. You know, meditating is re meditation's really hard for a lot of folks. Uh -huh. Kind of sitting still, especially at the very oh, early yeah, stages yeah. of recovery. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can tell how somebody's healing by how much time they can spend with themselves quietly. Mm. You know, the short amount of time, how much activation do I have in me? What am I wrestling with? Says something. Somebody that can sit quiet with themselves and they feel comfortable in their own skin and they can get curious to open themselves up to see. Hey, what other things are coming at me and how can I receive those things without attachment or story and process those things? Meditation is huge. Uh, another big part of it is what do I do on a daily basis? Like go practice it. If you study it, if you hear it and you don't do it, you're not going to know it. Mm. And putting it into practice, it will teach you something. I'll use as very two very specific examples. So in my story, um, my younger brother overdosed and died in March of 2008. And my best friend of 30 years shot himself on my birthday uh, about nine years ago. And one of the things that I was reminded by him immediately is be joyous in all things. It's like in an overdose and in a suicide, be joyous in all things. How do you practice that, right? And so what I knew is, okay, he knows what he's talking about. Now, he also gave me grief. He gave me sadness. He's not saying ignore those things. But I had my brother for 30 years, and I had my best friend for 30 years. 
one act does not eradicate all the joy and all the experiences of what I had with them. I was blessed with winning the lotto with a brother, and I was blessed with winning the lotto with a best friend, right? I was gifted both of those individuals in my life. And so if I took the tragedy of the situation to just eradicate 30 years of a relationship to look at one tragic incident or one tragic act, then that's that's just not being honest relative to the whole relationship. So the being joyous in all things is, thank God I had them in my life. Thank God for all the experiences I can think of. As a matter of fact, I was the best man at both of their weddings and have all these other experiences. And as tragic and as painful as this is, I can get into service now of other people who go through a similar experience and may think you won't understand what this is like. And it's like, no, I do firsthand. It wasn't something that I just read in a book. Like I've lived it firsthand. And so I can be joyous about the fact that I can be of maximum service to others in some of their darkest times. So, you know, and I, and I think for me, um, and this is something I've discovered only over the past two years. So it's relatively new. Um, well, first, I want to say that I, I think that when it comes to spirituality and, and allowing people to find those moments and find their path, I think it's really important that we don't push on like meditation isn't for everybody like that. that it doesn't have to be for everybody. You can't force somebody to, you know, to heal. Everybody heals differently. Everybody learns differently. And I think when we come from the concept that people learn differently, all right, well, let's try new things. And I think nature is a beautiful thing for people if they're not good meditating in a room right? Not everyone wants to do yoga, right? Not everyone wants to sit in a closed off room and meditate. Well, let's go outside, you mm-hmm. know, let's mm-hmm. go for a hike, mm-hmm. you know, in a beautiful Prescott, Arizona. I mean, there's an abundance of nature, you know, go out to Watson Lake and just go sit on a rock and be still for five minutes. And how does that feel? You know, and is that different than sitting in a room and being forced to meditate inside of a closed room at a treatment center, right? In, right. in a closed room and, and, and kind of uh, introducing people to different ways of finding that peace. Um, but going back to the trauma that you've experienced and finding beauty in that, and you know, and finding that you know how you say joyous, I, I say is finding the beauty of of life lessons in that, and mm-hmm. that you know when I experienced my first relapse um, after what was it like eleven years of continuous recovery, right? What was a really dark time for me, I look at back at that and I actually give give thanks to God for allowing me to experience that mm-hmm. because. It was the one thing that I needed to go through in order for myself to really do some self-reflection of finally being like, Brandon, you have so much trauma you need to heal from. God is giving you this opportunity of relapse so that you can finally do the work. Mm-hmm. And I look at my life that I have now and you know, one of my therapists and my energy healer looks at me and goes, Brandon, do you love the life you have today? And I say, Toby, I love the life I have today. He says, you must give thanks to the relapse you experienced in 2020, Brandon, because you would not have this life you have today without that experience. Mm -hmm. And you know, the child abuse that, you know, I experienced, whether it be child sex abuse or whether it just be physical violence, right? I give thanks to that Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I would not have the life I have today without that experience. Mm -hmm. Even more importantly than that, I would not be able to do the daily work that I do working with 60 to 70 addicts a day at Art of Our Soul. Had I not had that experience, because what that experience of relapse gives me a level of empathy, a level of compassion to look at somebody else in the eyes and go, I understand the pain you feel in this moment, but please look at my lived experience 
And less than two years after that relapse, I'm the happiest version of myself that I've ever been in my life. More happier today than I was at year 10, more happier today than I was at year 11. And that those experience, that's how I see God working through me, isn't actually the money. It's not actually the spotlight. I give thanks and I see God working through me in those levels of trauma, those experiences of trauma, because I believe God gave me those experiences so that I can help on it on an eye level with somebody mm-hmm. else, not mm-hmm. looking down, mm-hmm. not reading out of a book, but saying, I got you and I get you. He gave me those experiences so that I can help a larger swath of people. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm grateful. You know, one of the things you asked uh what do we do every day? What do I, what do I do every day? And, you know, I have the privilege to work with other men and, and, and share my experience. You know, my experience is my experience. And that's, that's a spiritual act is, is sitting down with another, a young man. Well, it doesn't matter what age and just sharing what I've been through and, and trying to teach them and help them, you know, move away from those painful experiences. And I too am grateful for the stuff that I've been through. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today had I not lived what I've lived. And, you know, the the real um, task for me is my relationships. So my wife and my children, you know, that's the gift today. I get to to live out my spirituality and my, and my family because it used to be hell. And today it's uh, halfway hell sometimes, you know. <laughs> a work in progress, yeah, right? Yeah, a work in progress. I mean, but that's life's journey, yeah. right? Yep. right? Yep. It, it, our souls, and I believe this, our souls will continue to be here in, in this lifetime as we continue to work on the things that we set out to do, you know, when we, when we, entered, this, when we entered this world. Well, we're always a work in progress. We're never perfect. The question is, is how much work are you putting into that with purpose? And that's where I see people, I see people go back out and relapse because once they get past the crisis or once they get past the craving, they think I'm good, I'm healed. And they stop doing a lot of things to continue that journey on progress on who they are as an individual. And so I always share with people, you know, they, I I see people get it backwards. Like in a moment of crisis, they're like, okay, I'm willing. Now I'm willing to do the work. Crisis healing. Yeah. Right. And you're in the middle of a fight. Your chances in panic mode when you're all spun up to go do the right thing is very slim. But when things are good, a lot of people coast. I recommend you do quite the opposite. Like I double down when things are going well. I work twice as hard on me on things of of my own personal development, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. I work on those things. So when the fight is on, it's like, thank God I've been working on something. Like I shared when my brother overdosed and died. And when I got the message that my best friend had committed suicide. Thank God I had been working on something because people relapse over things like that. And could you imagine my brother Odin and dying and then I relapse on that? What's that going to do to my parents? What's that going to do to my other siblings, right? And that's not to beat up the people who have, but thank God in that moment, my parents could count on me to help them heal in that process because my parents have never done a drug in their lifetime. So to lose a son to an overdose, like it made no sense to them. They had a lot of questions as to why. And thank God I could answer why for them to help heal some of that suffering. But you got to work on you. I work on me every day, something on me every day. Okay. So as we begin to, to kind of wrap up episode two on faith and spirituality, what would be um, a closing message to somebody out there 
who maybe has had a corrupted version of God from their childhood, <laughs> um, maybe isn't spiritual, you mm-hmm. know, at this point in their life, but they're broken. Um, what would be a closing message for them? Well, I get that a lot. You know, when I'm working with with men, um, I tell them to, you know, how they were raised, their parents were all flawed. So they've been given this religion. They grew up in religious homes like we did. And it's like, just look at the Bible, not you know, I'm not telling you to ignore your parents, but maybe just take a fresh look. Uh, I had one of my mentors ask me one time, Albert, what if everything you were taught is wrong? Is it possible? Not because anyone's trying to trick you, but is it possible that what you've been taught is wrong? And so when I thought of that, I was like, it's possible. So then I would ask someone, you know, what if what you've learned and in this organized religion, what if it's it's wrong? Would you be willing to take a look at it from a different perspective and just relax? You know, I'm not trying to make you into anything you don't want to be. You get to pick. I tell people not to be the not to to get their own faith, not the one of their parents. You have to claim your own faith. You know, like my kids, um, I brainwashed them too. They've been raised in our home. We go to church. We have our drill that we do. But when my kids left for college, I'm like, I want you to go find your own faith. Like, I don't want you to have my faith. My faith isn't going to do anything for you. You need to go claim your own. And so that's what I, it gives people freedom to do that. And it takes the pressure off and just, just open the book, just explore. Mm, I like that. Yeah, so my answer would be very similar. I, I challenge people to be curious. Curiosity is an amazing thing. Now, unfortunately, we've been curious down some very dark paths and right. you know done some horrible <laughs> things. But can I be curious down this road into who could God be or this greater being, or is there something greater than me? Be curious, be willing to rigorously seek out the truth. And from there, you can commit to something. And most people do it backwards. They commit to something and they only get curious about what fits into that commitment. And they're only seeing a part of the story or a very warped version of it. So I just ask people to be curious. Yeah. And I think my closing message, and you know, I give credit to my my first sponsor in recovery who just said, Brandon, you just is anything greater than you? Mm-hmm. Can you just mm-hmm. can you just find something that is? And for me at the time, like the ocean, right? The mm-hmm. ocean for me, like yeah. I mean, I would go surfing all the time out there, and it would be one wave would pin me down to the bottom of the, the the ocean. There was nothing I could do, right? So I knew that yes, there is something greater than me, and I hung on to that because I think for me, it was you know when we're when I was at least in addiction, I was the most powerful person. I had control over everything. Nobody had more power over me than me, and I. Think think that was the beginning of surrendering to me. And I think that that's an important step for anything is surrendering, um, especially when we when we need to find that path to recovery. So um, that'll wrap up this episode of Recovering the Pines podcast show, along with Albert Black and Doug Dolan and Brandon Lee, myself. Uh, we'll see you back here for the next episode. But if you're listening right now on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, we do uh, do this on camera as well. So find us on YouTube, uh, Recovering the Pines, and we upload all of our new episodes there and subscribe to the channel. Hit that little bell notification symbol. That way you'll be notified every time we upload a new episode.